Hello and welcome to the Villa Park podcast. It's me, Rich, and I'm here with Martin for a double dose of Villa Park podcast today. We've I uh, released the uh, Talking Tactics show with Gareth earlier this afternoon. So if anyone hasn't caught that yet, please do check that out. Um, but we're here tonight live for our Villa Park pod season review. Also look at our kind of players of the season. Um, see if we agree with with Villa um, and their choices, and also some of our members chose theirs. But we're also going to take a look at our predictions, Martin, at the start of the season and see how many of those have come true. And uh, yeah, judging by the little teaser I sent out earlier on today to the group, it's not looking good. Them, it's not looking good. It's not looking good. First of all, Martin, how are you doing? Has it sunk in yet? Um, in terms of the European football on the horizon for Villa. Let me just tell you something. Get your passports. <laughs> and get your sunglasses. <laughs> because we're going on a European tour, baby. <laughs> oh, yeah. over the moon. It still hasn't stuck in uh, because I was in the pub with a few friends, some of them were Spurs fans, some of us were Villa, and then there was neutrals. So obviously, when Tottenham went 1-0 up, I was like, this is not the start I wanted, this is not the heart attack I need. And then after that, we were on cruise control, and when the final whistle went, I was just... I looked up to the to God, to Paul McGrath, I would say, <laughs> and go, yes, it's, it's here, European football, and I literally saved me work holidays for going on European away days and I'm over the moon I don't even care if it's Conference League I don't care if it's Europa League I don't care if it's Champions League it's European away days and I'm yeah. just looking forward to it it hasn't stuck in it really hasn't stuck in at all yeah it's it's fantastic it is it's brilliant and yeah I'm a, I agree with you know su- subject to getting through that playoff round we get into the group stages it'd be it'd be brilliant and we've we've already talked about it we've got the manager who can do it and you know, the, the kind of level it takes you as a club in terms of players that you might be able to get in and, and all that kind of stuff is just, it just puts us on that next level. And with the likes mm-hmm. of Juventus maybe being involved in the Conference League and Bruges and one or two others, it's it's a big, it's a fairly big tournament. So yeah, all, all to come, all to come. But as we go through the season review... <laughs> It certainly didn't look like this end of the season would come if we uh, if we if we rewind ten months, Martin. So mm. I'm gonna we're gonna go back right to the beginning. Um, I've just got a couple of comments first. Kev um, is not on the show tonight, but he says it's going to be a good one. Sadie's missing it. Duncan's watching. Thanks for tuning in, Dunk. And um, as of keep as I've mentioned before, you know the support that we've had on the channel is phenomenal. We've passed the fifteen hundred subscriber mark. So if you haven't um, subscribed yet, please um, hit that subscribe button. If you are a subscriber, then make sure you hit that like button. And if you do want to become a member of the channel, such as Duncan, um, for just $1.99 a month, um, we've actually had people who've re- renewed their membership as well this this for the second month, which is brilliant. Um, but Lovely. just $1.99 a month, hit the join button, hit the cat, hit the dollar sign in the bottom of the chat, or click the link at the top that's pinned at the top of the chat and follow the instructions from there. Um, so let's go back to the f- first game of the season, which is Aston Villa 2, Bournemouth 0. And the reason why I talk about the first game of the season, because I went back to some of our, I'm sad, I'm sad like this. I went back to one of our 
podcast before the when we made our Villa predictions, and it was after like the Ren preseason friendly. And even on that pod, we were talking about maybe performances that weren't quite there, players that weren't quite firing, things that weren't didn't seem quite right. And that Villa that Villa game against Bournemouth, obviously a team that's just come up, all the feel good factor. It certainly transpired when they beat us 2 0 that things weren't quite right in the camp. No, and it was it was really, really poor. Like this was and I felt Villa had a good preseason, but you were right. At the same time, it just really felt like something's not right because obviously the captaincy was changed and Jared was coming out and saying even though his captain's not guaranteed his game, obviously Ming's being stripped and then dropped at the same time. You know, Douglas Louise was on the bench for the first game of the exactly. season. I looked at the team and I was like, stated it. I think Ollie Watkins was on the bench as well, actually. Because the front three was Bailey, Ings and Coutinho. Yeah. And and I'm looking at the lineup going on the first day, thinking, oh, we'd be lucky to get a win. Like, lucky. And then Bournemouth going beat us 2-0. And I, and I don't mean, like, flukily bet us 2-0. I mean, they, they controlled us all over the pitch. All we had was a high ball cross into the box against six foot five defenders. Like, what are you expecting? They're just going to go, yeah, thank you. Boom, gone. Every time. And they absolutely dominated us. And when the final whistle went, I was like, it looks like we might be in for a long season if, if this is the way we're going to be playing. Yeah. I 100% agree with you. And <clears throat> if, you know, if hindsight's a wonderful thing, but if you look at it, you just said there, you know, uh, Diego Carlos came into the side first game of the season, you know, obviously expecting poten- that potentially to happen, but hmm. you, Mings is at, Mings is dropped out of the team. The comments of Gerard after the game are very strange about he needs to knock on the door and tell me he's fit or tell me he's ready to play. Um, Watkins was on the bench, which... If you look at our predictions, we may be we, we may be sided with that, but certainly, you know, Ings coming in with a Coutinho and a Bailey just against a, top, a, a physical side in Bournemouth just didn't seem right. And like you no. say, Louise, well, Louise not in the side, and again, Kamara coming in for his first start in the Premier League, it just seemed like disjointed, and and it obviously transpired that way for us not to get the not to get the result. Uh, Michael's in the house. Hello, Michael. Great to have you on board. Um, and yeah, he just said there the first game confirmed our worst fears, and 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 it just didn't seem right. And I know we got a, cut, a result against Everton after that, um, you know, albeit a two-one win, which obviously Diego Carlos got really badly injured. Then we went to Palace, and you were at that game, and we got absolutely battered three-one. But the yeah. the next the next key kind of air part of that season, um, you know, and, and it really summed up Gerard was. Even though we got a couple of okay results, you know, it was going into sort of mid-September, we beat Southampton 1-0. We drew 0-0 with Leeds when they had 10 men. We only drew 1-1 with Nottingham Forest. And and it was just there where you're thinking, right, seven to nine points you've got to get from there. But we got five points and it was just dire. The football was absolutely dire. Yeah, it was just really horrible. Like When we got two or three wins and it was like I don't feel like we played well like I thought we were horrendous even when we won I was like okay three points on the board but I don't feel good about it mm-hmm. like it's not as if we played 
like good football or anything. It was just probably on the day the other team was off and we just got lucky in getting the win. The only good performance I could really say under Gerrard was the one against Man City when we drew one off. Yeah, and that I was a back against the wall, shot to nothing. That, yeah, what, yeah. What are you expecting? Literally, it was just direct football, and I felt had Jared probably stuck with that direct football, backs against the wall sort of thing, he might have picked up a little more time. But that's football. What if what's and maybe's? But for some reason, Jared, when our backs were against the wall, we played better. But when they weren't, we were we were horrible. Mm. Yeah, and yeah, it was it just wasn't really pleasing to watch. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and a key, another key moment of the season for obvious reasons was Thursday, the twentieth of October, twenty twenty-two, Fulham mm-hmm. three, Aston Villa nil, and uh, unfortunate, unfortunately for Steven Gerrard, um, and at the I would say the lowest point for Villa fans of, of this season was that game and 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 uh it was a one where the owners were at and they acted very very swiftly mm, that's right because they were around for two weeks or something i think they had i don't know what it was why they were around for two weeks but they were around for two weeks can't remember it was that long ago uh but when they seen that performance and jared just wasn't proactive in any way shape or form and like Saris obviously left upstairs raging and then Purslow was like <laughs> following him like a little dog on a leash. Off he went and then all of a sudden apparently he got a text saying, Yes, sack, get on the bus and when you get off it, fuck off. Basically that's probably the, the stuff that was being said. Imagine being on that bus, knowing your manager sacked. I'd say yeah, that tra- I know. It was, was quiet. It... I said it was not a word said. Oh, mate, you like, could you put yourself it. in that situation. He... Yeah, I, I don't. It would have been so awkward, so awkward. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that game just culminated, and you know, lots of people saying, you know, the Gerard era seems so long ago. As Duncan says, mm. John says your predictions can't be as bad as Slippy McBluffer's judgment. He was abysmal. <laughs> Um, I can't believe a Prem team will touch Gerard Lampard again, says Duncan. I wouldn't be, be so sure about Gerard, maybe Lampard. Um, I've never seen so many ang- fans so angry that night. Yeah, and, uh, and really random reviews is in the house. Uh, even yeah, in the, the, the Twitter was, the Twitter was blowing up. It was just that the manner, I mean, we, you know, obviously we don't, we historically don't do very well at Fulham, but just the manner of the, the performance, I think everything that we did was just so bad. It was, it became like a damage limitation for Gerard, where he didn't want to lose any games and the players were just like playing so far within themselves that they were just scared to even get on the ball. And it almost became yeah. embarrassing. Um, and, um, you know, I, I don't want to see any manager going out like that in terms of players, uh, fans being like directly, you know, abusive and all that. And you don't want to see someone sacked or <laughs> getting on the team mm. bus. But I think the owner had it in his head that this can't go on. I'm taking control of this situation um, and we're going to get the right man in. And, yeah. you know, it will transpire. It will transpire that, that 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 happens. And there's always a risk with these things. But even before that, I did want to pick this out. Thursday, that was, the, that, was that, that game. We played Brentford on the Sunday. All of us thinking this is going to be a really tough game. And within 10 minutes, was it? Or 12 minutes? 
we were we were we were three nil up. Um, I mean, could you could you have thought of a of a more a bigger two fingers up to the old manager than 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 um than being three nil up inside fifteen minutes? I didn't know what was going on. Like, obviously, with the stream being be- was behind, and my live score was going off like mad. I was thinking probably Man City were three nil up or something, and I'm like, it's saying Villa three nil. I'm like, no. I'm watching about the 15 minutes. I'm like, oh no, oh, oh this no. is a Ings big middle finger. Bailey this won. was a big middle yeah. finger. Oh, honestly, honestly, it was crazy. Like to beat Brentford as well, four nil. You know, a team that renowned for having a solid defence, generally done well at Villa Park. To beat them four nil just showed you how how much mm. the players had wanted the shackles off, and you know, it was it was one of those that just. Yeah, you just you just couldn't you just couldn't believe you know it was just it was just crazy. Um, but yeah. yeah, just just sum sum the whole thing up. To be honest, the whole debacle of, of Gerard and the way that the players were treated or perceived to have been treated, and we went from we went from this um, uh, in hmm. terms of Gerard to to, to this. And um, I know we I know we we lost heavily to Newcastle be- officially before we came in, but. You know, I think again, looking at his first game, Emery's first game that he came in, he obviously came in on first of November, which you know is a massive date in the club now. Um, but then he had that he had the game against Man United on Sunday, the sixth of November, and a record that where we've been terrible against United previously um, at home. This was to become a theme for Unai Emery of beating records. We weren't to know that at the time, but. To beat United three one and 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 for players to, I guess, pick up the tactics so quickly of what Emery wanted them to do was 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 really encouraging. Yeah, and just before I go on to the Man United and the Emery era, I just wanted to bring up another significant part of the season, which you may not think is that big, but even for everyone just watching, that Rich Kev and another Rich were caught on telly for the Forest game. Where it was one all, oh, and you could yes. just see yes. Kevin giving Rich this lad right here the death stare, and this is Rich's face. Yeah, I think Blank. We... <laughs> and he and I, and I had a feeling, Rich. I had a feeling that you knew Kevin was giving you a death stare, and you didn't even want to look at him. And literally, the what our WhatsApp was going mad, and I was like, Kev, you still want Jared in? And you, yep. <laughs> you knew and it was just brilliant yeah uh, yeah but... i think we knew i think we knew the right was on the wall that before we go into just just the, the that man united game i think you've touched it touched a, a really yeah. good point there mate so michael said gerard lacked the respect for villa he really thought he was bigger than the club and he just couldn't stop going to liverpool to watch them and um, just on Rob... that as well just before you go on to michael's point that it wasn't Sorry, can you get Michael's comment up again? Yeah, sorry, mate. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he really thought he was bigger than the club. And it wasn't just him. It was also Sky Sports. They were also going, oh, Stephen Gerrard Villa, Stephen Gerrard of Villa. Yeah. You know, it, was, it wasn't It was like Villa. It was Gerrard's Villa. And people defending Gerrard and blah, 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 blah. And it was pinpointing that Villa. So I was just glad to see the back from And we had Villa back. 
So yeah, yeah, and to, and to be fair, George always did point out point that out. He did. he did always say that he was worried that it would become the Steven Gerrard show, and I think the difference. I will come to other other comments in a second, but I think just on Michael's point there, the difference is with saying Emery to a Gerrard is Gerrard was clearly seeing Villa as a stepping stone to his to his potential Liverpool move job. to Liverpool. Yeah, which which look is a risk that you take. And if he does well within the two, three years that he's at Villa, fair enough. Obviously, it didn't work out. So that's the risk that you run with managers like that. Whereas an Emery's coming in, he's almost got a point to prove. He's been in the management game long enough. He's going to take his time to make decisions in terms of what club he goes to because he's going to make sure it's the right one for him. So therefore, we've got a manager who kind of respects the club and the situations that he's in. Whether he gets taken by another club or whatever is... is it, that is what it is, but it's not. It's not because he's looking to for Villa as being a stepping stone to get to another club. He's coming to Villa to, to, to kind of do a specific job and, and win specific competitions. And and obviously, if it's if it if it works well, it's going to be a long term process. And that's the difference for me. Um, but Rub says Gerard had been pathetic for so long. Don't forget the press conference in which he was throwing the players under the bus. My defenders, this, my strikers, that. He was completely out of his depth and man, mm. man management skills below zero. zero. Um, yeah, and on that uh, one Michael as well, said he believed he would. He stayed. He would have taken us down the Everton route. Mm-hmm. John says we are a team that does the double over multiple teams now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and Rub thinks the Southampton route rather as well. Ross says uh, it's the negative vibe he gave out from his interview saying players are not good enough and he'll bring the players in that will. Um, and then he says only the sackings of Venglosh, says Duncan and O'Leary were so universally agreed upon as Gerard, the sense of relief that day. Hmm. Um, yeah, so, uh, so yeah, I'll star a couple more points in a second. But yeah, anything else to add to the to that in terms of the comments or the general vibe around Gerard before we move move on? Yeah, just the one on Rub P where he said man management skills below zero. And I 100% agree with it because Gerard as a player had this bubble. And I've always said it. He had this little bubble. He has to be the best in the world in what he does. And no one was allowed into that bubble. And, and I feel like he brought that into his managerial game. If you didn't live up to the standards or anything like that, you are getting slayed and you're being picked out and you're being thrown under the bus. Probably the same as a player. And as a manager, you can't do that. You have to bring people in to help, to expand your horizons of football and that even though someone didn't do something up to your standard, the game is different to what it was when he was playing to as it is now. So the man management skills below zero is 100% correct. It's He just does not have it. He just doesn't have it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, you know, he's got time on his side in terms of managerial s- skills to build on. Yeah. Um, maybe he will get it, but, you know, and, and, and in some ways, we have to thank him that he didn't win a couple more of those games in that time period because mm. we wouldn't have had the we wouldn't have had the change that we've got now. It might or it might have happened later on in the season and you and I Emery might have been picked up by another team. So we kind of have to have to thank him in a weird way. But you wanted to come on to that Man United game. And as as I say, it was a it was a sign of things to come with records being broken or poor records, should I say, being broken um at, at Villa and under Emery. Yeah. 
the wizardry school of Unai Emery, here to break all the curses. <laughs> and the first one being Man United. Now, this was a game everyone said they would love a point. Because obviously we hadn't beat Man United in Villa Park since 1996, if I'm correct. Mm. Yeah, in the league. But obviously we bet them in cups and everything else, but in the league specifically. And then we were tuning up after 20 minutes. Or No, yeah, it was right. Yeah, it's, see, that's how long it feels. Cause it'll yeah, it was, it was. It was. Tuning uh, up after 20 minutes and I'm like... Okay, this is good, but this is this going to be typically a night where they go and win 3-2, right? So they got a goal just before half-time, a jammy goal as well. And second half, we started the exact same way we did in the fours and got that all-important third goal. And then from there, I was like, yeah, we've won this game because this was at a time where Man United away from home weren't particularly great. You know, losing like the 4-0 to Brentford, Brighton, getting smacked by Man City 6 3. So we got, I think, Man United at Phillip Park at a perfect time because they weren't mm-hmm. great away from home and they were losing to teams that could actually play football. And that was just unbelievable. I could only imagine the atmosphere of the place. It was just fantastic. Yeah, yeah, just just a great win. And like you said, I think it was 95, 96 season before we beat them. And that was a 3-1 scoreline. And yeah, mm. it was it was obviously a sign to, of things to come, and it was very much, uh, you know, players kind of a specific tactics for specific games that we became used to, and um, you know, looking at players, you know, um, playing in different positions or, or changing up for for how we were in different situations within games, and yeah, mm. I mean, won't go through every game, but obviously we beat Brighton two one. That was our first away win of the season. We then had the had the World Cup break. Um, came back and lost to Liverpool, but we we beat Tottenham away from home, uh, and then went on a a, a a really good run, like a decent run of of um, we drew the Wolves, beat Leeds, and beat Southampton. Mm. Then 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 another key part of that season, um, an under Emery was the three defeats in a row where we um, where we conceded it was mm. what eleven goals in three games. Now I point that out as a key period because. Again, if we, I don't think if we'd have had that period, I don't think we'd have gone on to the what what will come next. But what do you think? What do you think Emery learnt most from that period, where it was obviously Villa two, Leicester four, Man City three, Villa one, Aston Villa two, Arsenal four. I think that was a period of because let's not forget this was after the January transfer window when we only really seen one signing. Mm. And then it was nearly like a mass exodus of players leaving on loan and permanent deals. And I felt that when we lost those three games in a row, I was like, this is why we need the squad depth. This is why... Uh, whoa, what? Go back to that comment? <laughs> let me... <laughs> let's... I've pressed that by accident, but let's let, let, let's just go... Let's just rewind. I'll check. I'll check, I'll yeah, check yeah. sources. But yeah... Um, yeah, ju- yeah just, so, just continue, continue. Yeah, the show must go on. Uh, so, and I was like, this is why we need squad depth. And I think what Emery learned in this time that, you know, we were probably a bit leggy because after the World Cup in January, it was nearly a game every two or three days. So it was almost like that was the Christmas period. 
Mm. And coming up against the likes of when we lost to Arsenal, Leicester, and who else did we lose to? City. Man City. Man City. Man City, you could forgive. Arsenal, you could forgive because they were both going for the title at the time. But I felt like we should have got a point against Arsenal. But then there's the Leicester game, and I think that was just a capitulation altogether. Yeah. It was just yeah. one of those days that nothing went right for us for a while. And I think that period of the three weeks in game, nothing was just going right for us. And it was just really horrible. And I remember people, my, my mates were saying to me and just people were saying on Twitter and everything about Villa that, oh, the new manager bounce is finished now. And Villa's going to go back yeah, to yeah. going down to the bottom half and staying down there and watch just sack another manager, go spend millions again. And then the rest is history, as they would say. I agree, mate. And I think I totally agree with you. But I think also what he learned was, and I, I think that's a key point you made there about it was almost our kind of, because we had that World Cup break, but it was mm. almost like the 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 kind of, that was just rehearsal. Then we had a couple of decent, okay results when we came back. But those three matches were like where the Emery system was being put under under pressure we could have he could have folded he could have said right we'll go back to basics but he kept he kept at it we made those all those mistakes and Duncan said like the 4-2 Leicester match the only bad one I get under Emery and that's where we made those four really big mistakes it wasn't that mm. we, they they were miles better than us it was just we, we made mistakes and obviously we played really well in that Arsenal game in particular they just got us in the last minute and it was but what he what it kind of showed to the players was if you follow what I'm doing, if if you follow what I'm saying, you'll get you'll get results. If you veer off what I'm saying, that's when it'll start to to mess up. And also, like a couple of the things he called out, Martin has been for going forward in the last minute. You know, he he kind of there was tweaks that he made to how long he'd ke- he'd keep hold of the ball or what type of passes he'd make. Um, and then and then after that, you kind of saw the. The, the gradual in, in improvement of results. So I think that that was a key time for Villa in terms of, yes, it was three defeats on the bounce and it was quite a few goals conceded. But if you look at after that, in terms mm. of the lack of goals of, that we conceded, it was just like night and day, but you kind of almost had to go through that period to to get the other results after, after it, if you know what I mean. Yeah, because if you stick to your good, stick to your plans and stick to what you believe in, you're going to get bad results because it's not going to work straight away. Like, you know, it, it, it takes time. It takes process. It's like I'm an apprentice electrician. And if I'm given a job, I'm not finishing it straight away. It takes time. It takes a process. It's a project. So when you start it, yeah, you might get some poor achievements here and there. But you have to think of the bigger picture, the end result. And the end result obviously proved to be unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, few few comments coming in. Thank you for everyone's comments. Um, please, as I said, I've, I've just quickly flashed up there, but I wanted to get to the comments. Please hit the like button if you haven't already. If you dropped into the chat and uh, and if you, if you're new to the channel, just please do hit that subscribe button. We're well over fifteen hundred now, on the way to sixteen hundred. So yeah, please do um, hit that hit that like and subscribe button. Um, Essencio confirmed it was Hector Masayas, but I think he's only got like 500 followers on, on Twitter, so I don't think oh, he's a credible I know that source, page. unfortunately, Sheree. Yeah, that, 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 um, that's as useful as Jared keeping his job at Aston Villa. <laughs> um, Rachel's in the house. Evening, Rachel. Thank you for joining. Uh, 
yeah, as I said, Dunk said the four two was that was really the only bad one. Um, Adams in the house. There was says, another one. Yeah, there was a there yeah, the Wolves one. Yeah, I think we experimented and tried to be a more open and attacking team, and it failed. He he, as in Unai, being a good coach, adapted. We changed after those defeats. So much better defensively after that. Yeah, totally 100% agree. On the um, John says Emery's new manager bounce will last years. <laughs> uh, Ross says we were leading against Leicester. And Manu, I think that was not in the cup. Yeah, that was in the cup. Weston said, Weston's in the house. Hello, mate. Didn't we actually play well against Leicester, but missed loads of chances and they scored all their attempts on target? Yes, yeah, and that was such four an bad mistakes too. by us. Yeah, yeah, four bad mistakes by us. Um, so yeah, it was it was one of those games. But like I say, I think we needed to go through that to to kind of get out, out the other end. And then, I mean, what a run it was kind of after that period. Martin, I know we talked sort of up backstage um before the show about about it and obviously two nil win at, at Everton, one nil win against home against Palace, a one all draw against West Ham, a three nil win against Bournemouth, um a two nil win away Leeds. at Chelsea, two one win away at Leicester, a two nil win at home at Forest, a three nil victory at home to to, to New, uh, Newcastle, a one one draw against Brentford and a one nil victory against Fulham. I mean if that isn't Champions League form, I don't know what is. That, that, just picture that period there. Villa win, 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 win. It's a wet dream. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just, it was unbelievable. I Every time I was going into work, college, football training, smiling me face and everyone was going, Villa won again, Villa won again. Villa won again, <laughs> you know, like it was just it, unbelievable. Do you know what the most frustrating part of that time period was, though? What? How how long we stayed in eleventh position for? Now that was an eternity. <laughs> now, <laughs> when I was at the Bournemouth game and we won three 0 and we were top half for as good as about twenty minutes, I was like top half, top half. As soon as Chelsea game kicked off, back to eleventh, and we were like, mm-hmm, yep. It was just, it was an eternity. I was like, are we ever going to get out of 11? And then I think if, in my, actually, no, no, I won't get into that because that's a different type of question. I know you're going to ask me later on. But being stuck in 11 for ages, I was like, it's just not going to be our season then if if, if we're just going to be stuck here. And the teams above us just keep winning and winning. You know, it was just going to be so frustrating, like playing so well and not getting your due awards. And that would have been like, that's just typical football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Weston does make a good point. We stayed in 11th, but we were pulling in those teams above us. So, yeah, that was definitely the case. But it just felt like it was, you know, we win and we're 11th. We win, we're 11th. Um, and as you said that then, so that, I mean, that run was just incredible. And, and the other thing that, that that sticks out there is um, clean sheet against Fulham, clean sheet against Newcastle, clean sheet against Forest, clean sheet against Chelsea, um, clean sheet against Everton, clean sheet against Palace, clean sheet against Bournemouth. So Adam was, you know, bang on with that, that defensive solidity. Is I know Watkins was getting all the goals and had a brilliant goal scoring run, but it was that defensive solidity that, that, that got us, you know, that really got us those results because it was, it was how much, 
it's what all teams are built on. Like I don't, I don't, I don't care. Like you know, obviously you, the, the team score all the goals and strikers like get all the headlines, but you've got to have you've got to have a good foundation to build off, and mm. that's exactly that's exactly what we had. Sir Alex Ferguson said it. It's probably one of the best quotes in football: "Attacks will win you games, but defense wins your league titles and gets you high up the table." And yeah. that ultimately is true. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So. Yes, we had a couple of disappointing results after that. 1-0 defeats to Man United and Wolves. Again, I, I do think that they kind of led us to um, led us to those final points of the season where we, you know, you are always going to get a couple of dodgy results. But I think the tightness of those games and the way that they were set up in terms of they could have gone either way um, obviously led us to the key the key last three games of the season and it, obviously Tottenham at home, Liverpool away and Brighton at home. And mm. to be fair, when we did our running, we, you literally, you couldn't have asked for a tougher three games. Well, in, in, in some ways it was great because they're with the the teams that are like fighting that's those same positions with us. But on another hand, you, like I said there, you can't ask for three tougher games, can you? No. I'd argue two tough games. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. At the, at the time, it's no disrespect time. to Spurs, but they were just falling down the cliff. Mm, mm. I think we got Spurs perfectly. So the two tough games were being Liverpool because they were chasing the Champions League. And at the time, Brighton, because depending on how their games they had went, we were probably going to be nailed on for a potential place in the Europa League. Yeah, yeah, yeah agreed but you know and we did our we did our final three and to be fair to us i think we all said we'd get at least seven points out of those three games so i think we, we were all confident yeah we didn't know where we didn't kind of know how brighton were going to do in their games as well i think mm. we had brighton maybe dropping a few more points than they did and obviously the final day of the season you know <clears throat> we came into it knowing that we needed the win which was great it was in our hands but we definitely, we, we certainly, we we needed that win, mate. We needed that win because obviously Tottenham, but Tottenham and Brentford both both get the victories. Yeah, I mean that was mad. Like, who would have thought? Like, obviously a lot of people had it down as Tottenham to probably draw or lose, Brentford to lose, and then us to win or draw just to better their results. But the fact that all three won, I'm like, thank God. Villa won because otherwise you're all of a sudden then a ninth, finishing ninth in the league. I know that would have been a real body blow. Um, but watching watching the game, I know we both weren't at the game, but watching it on TV and kind of watching the highlights again, I know it was really tense and everything like that. But I think mm. that second half, I do think it was fairly comfortable in the end. I think we we did our hard work in the first half. A third goal would have absolutely put the put the icing on they, the cake. But, oh yeah. But I, I don't I don't think it was too kind of it was too kind of difficult to I don't, I don't think the win was I know Brighton had a fair bit of possession but I don't think they made it too difficult for us right at the end. No, the first half obviously Brighton gave it a good go. Yes, uh, but we were good. We got two goals basically on the counter from. Douglas Louise and then Ollie Watkins and Jacob Ramsey getting two assists, which was fantastic. And then Brighton got one back, and I'm like, oh no, please, no, no, not like this, not like this. And I think the most pivotal point of that game was the save Martinez made. Yeah. 
and Sam said it, and in fairness, he's right. That looks familiar. You know, it's ultimately a carbon copy of his World Cup final save. Like, obviously not volley, but positioning-wise, where the ball hit him, it's nearly carbon on copy. It's like, mate, you can copy and paste my homework, but just change it around a little bit. <laughs> uh, uh, so, and when that when he made that save, I was like, right, now I know I'm winning the game. Now I know Phillips is winning this game. Because not only are the lads on the outfielder up for it, Emmy Martinez is up for it. And then the second half, when Ramsey missed the golden chance, I was like, this would be typical for Brighton yeah. to go and snatch a goal, wouldn't it? It would just be typical at that moment. But I was still quite calm, still quite reserved. And when the final whistle went, the heart just dropped. Everything was calm. It was quiet and all I could hear was the conference league music, planes, airport, the sound of music all coming through different cultures and the sip of local beer in their area. And there it is. Look at that. That is just beautiful. And I cannot wait for it all. Yeah, fantastic. Fantastic summing up there. And uh, and what a, what a season in the end. A um, few comments, uh, I think, reverting to kind of the time when we lost a few games. Ross said he was trying to be too aggressive at home, trying to get the fans buzzing. That's why we were better away from home in that transitional period. Adam says we're forever in 11th behind Chelsea hmm. and then we finished 17 points ahead of them. You've got to love it. Yeah, I mean, just, just the way the it? league worked out was crazy. Um, Michael, I've starred your point. Um, Duncan had mentioned, I think, that we we were we, we were reminiscent of a uh, time under the, the two big runs. Uh, it's like big runs, Gerard and Gregory eras returned and then Taylor as well when we should have won the league. So, you know, let's let's hope we have the successful times that they had, but for longer. And Adam says, yeah, Brighton were on the beach second half. And we played a very professional performance to see it out. So, yeah, I mean, just just a, just a fantastic, um, fantastic, fantastic end to the season. And and yeah, Michael had the jazz all week. Yeah, and that's uh, what I was hearing. My very calm. Yeah, very the calm. Jazz. We we yeah, exactly, exactly. But yeah, um. Yeah, just a fantastic end of the season. A couple of questions before we go into our players of the season and our predictions and how they went. Um, more, and you guys can get involved in the comments as well with this. Um, best performance of the season? This is what I was going to say, but I was waiting for you to ask me. I feel our best performance was 2-0 Chelsea away. The reason I say that was the magnitude of the game for us to get into the top half. And it ultimately led to us going on a fantastic run and climbing ourselves up the table. We were sitting at fifth in one point, mm. basically just behind Champions League places. To me, that game was the best performance this season in terms of us actually breaking into that top half and ultimately getting a European place in the long run. That, to me, is the best performance. I know a lot of people will be saying Newcastle and everything else, but to me, just in terms of the magnitude of the game, to get us into that top half, that pivotal point of going on a fantastic run, 2-0 away to Chelsea, for me, is the best performance. That's fair, mate. That's very fair. Um, Duncan, yeah, says Newcastle at home. Uh, Michael says Newcastle at home. Rub said Newcastle as well. Adam says, as someone that works for a company that deals with Thursday night football, I'm so thankful I finally get to see Villa on those nights. Finally gets to talk about Villa on Thursdays at work. 
Um, mm-hmm. But that's the thing. We're, we're in we're in Europe. Tom says Newcastle at home. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of like a different game, but um, I, I agree I mean, with does you. Man United the first Unai Emery game. No, because in terms I think, of like in yeah. terms of getting a first win against Man United in the league. No, it was it was it was a good performance, but I th- I think it has to, it has to be that Newcastle game to be honest, because it was such a such a build up. And um, obviously, so there's that kind of little bit of a rivalry. They obviously beat us as well. They blew us away four nil at, at their place, and yeah, we owed them a smacking. Yeah, we knew we knew that they had a good side, you know, and they were strong. And we were kind of worried that the physicality would take over. But to blow them away that, and it was it was a three nil absolute battering. I, I mean, it was just phenomenal. And I do think that took a bit out of the players, you know, that 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 performance took a little bit out of them, to be honest. But yeah, we've got to say up. that. I think honourable mentions to the four nil of against Brentford because obviously that was a massive turnaround from the the, the hmm. debacle at Fulham and Brentford are a good side as as proven you know they've beaten Man City away from home they've beaten they've had some great results um, and I actually think I actually think Sunday's performance against Brighton was was excellent you know I know yeah. I know say Brighton did drop off a bit in the second half but the pressure on that game pressure on that game was 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 really high you know and, and yeah. I'm pretty sure the players would have known that um you know Spurs took the lead after two minutes um or they would have felt it they'd have felt the tension in the crowd you know and, and then to be 2-1 up with like five minutes to go knowing that if a goal goes in against you you've got no time to get to get it back I do think that that, well, that would have played a part. So I think special mentions to, to kind of those two performances. Away from home, I think, yeah, you bang on with the Chelsea one. I think the other games may be expected to win. But we think I think away from home, we kind of... The Tottenham win was great. But I think we just we were pretty functional away from home. And we won games that we kind of shut mm. teams down. We weren't kind of devastating or, you know, it wasn't like the, the Arsenal performance in lockdown or... You know, one or one or two. The, the Leeds performance, dare I say, under Gerard. Yeah, really there weren't like one-offs here or there. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Weston says he loved the Spurs away game. Uh, Michael said there was a lot of disrespectful words on the Villa from Newcastle. Yeah, I don't think we're going to let those guys forget about that. To be to be honest no. with you, um, John says United at home was our best performance. Um, Adam says Newcastle or when we beat Spurs two 0 and Duncan see some different answers other than yeah, what I would expect to Newcastle because I was predict- I was nearly full on convinced that was probably going to be the one that was going to be dominating the comments. But obviously, there's a few different answers. Spurs, Man United. I've gone with Chelsea. You've stuck to Newcastle probably because you live over there. You're a bit biased, aren't you? Yeah, but I, like I say, I love that 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 Brentford game as well. Like I know I know yeah. it wasn't under Emery, but. Just a turnaround <laughs> to be three 0 up inside fourteen minutes was <laughs> just crazy. Um, That's you couldn't have given a bigger middle finger if you tried <laughs> yeah. to, to see even Jared. You really couldn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Okay, so Alan's in the house. Um, nice to nice to have you on board, mate. Great to have help. you on board. Um, oh yeah, and John says in terms of seeing just how unified our squad is, Leicester away and the love for Traore. Um, where's Ken? Chill, he's, actually. he's on holiday, Alan. He's on holiday. We've had to let him. He's, let in, him have a he's in Croatia. He's 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 doing a European tour himself at the minute. Yeah, he's, he's learning just, different he's languages. Scout, scouting just out some areas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just getting us a head start. That's all. Um, so I've got to come to it. And again, you guys in the chat, let us know your comments. Um, worst performance of the season. This is not in the league. 
but the worst performance from Villa was Stephen Hitch at home. That's a big one. Yeah, I like, think as well. I think that has to go. That was so disappointing, wasn't it? So disappointing. And I know there like was a few could, changes yeah, made, go but go on, you go. It was your choice. Yeah, like we could not have asked for an easier fixture if we tried. We couldn't. At that time, we really couldn't. At the time, obviously, we couldn't have asked. And I understood we were playing fringe players, squad rotation, all that. You're, you're playing against a League 2 team. But even if you're a fringe player for Aston Villa, you should still be going out to smack Stevenage. It, it doesn't matter if you're a fringe Premier League player or, fair enough, you might play one or two academy players. But even that, you should still go out to beat League 2 team at home. But it was just, we went 1-0 up and I was like, all right, yeah, fair enough, but we should have been two or three. Why we pass it around, get the balls in behind, just punish them early. And the second half, mm. we just capitulated, like utterly capitulated. And I was like, really? This is the seventh year now in a row we're going out in the FA Cup third round. And it's the Stevenage. Like, all due respect to Stevenage, I thought it was really good for them, beating a team well above them in, in terms of league size and... You know, they ultimately then went to the next round and lost to Stoke. So think mm. about the run we could have went on in the FA Cup had we been in Stevenage. You know, but then again, would we bet Brighton in the FA Cup? You never know. So, like, that to me was the worst performance from Villa. It wasn't in the league. It's a season review. So, therefore, the FA Cup, Carabao Cup, they all come into question. Yeah, yeah, me, yeah. I, 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 yeah. I, think, I think you're getting a lot of agreement in the chat. I'm going to say... The writing was on the wall, you see, for me. Yeah, I, think, I, I, I know where you're going. I think Bournemouth too, Villa nil has to has to has to come into question there. I know Fulham oh, okay. away. I was thought you were going to say Fulham. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, Fulham was terrible, terrible. Newcastle away was was really bad, but I think we got kind of blown away for like a ten minute spell, and it was kind of mitigating circumstances with that game, but. To be so tepid against Bournemouth, I, I, it might be t- it might be tinged with the fact that I travelled down from Newcastle to Bournemouth uh, and like on a two day trip, um, and yeah, for twelve hours travel for that. Yeah, in that in that circumstance, stick to that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I just thought we were so lifeless. We didn't have it. I think we. I don't think we really had any shots on target. Um, and, it, and what was the atmosphere in the way end like at that time? Just, it was pretty poor, to be honest. It was it was a really hot day, I remember, and it was just poor. Like the game was just felt like a bit of a preseason game, and just think the writing was on the wall. You know, Bournemouth newly promoted. Do you think go to that away game and get, you know, get them get them beat and get them get set up for the season? But it was just so lifeless. Um, so mm. that's up there. I, I think definitely Fulham away, um, and I think I think even though we won. I think that Southampton at home game where we won one nil. I think that was such a bad game and bad performance. Like and then Everton at home wasn't a great one either. Oh, it was just so bad. When you think back at back at it, and you think how well the players are playing now, you think we scrapped to that win against Southampton, but it's probably the worst game of football. I, I think I can imagine. Um, yeah. Tom in the chat says Fulham away. Michael saying Fulham. Rachel saying Fulham. Adam says definitely Stevenage. Uh, Alan's asking, are we going on a tour? Hopefully. Of course. Hopefully we're on a European tour. 
Um, Rub is, says, Alan, uh, why Neil... did you think I got the passport out? Yeah. <laughs> Rub saying Leeds, uh, sorry, nil nil against a 10 man Leeds. We showed nothing, it was so boring, pathetic. Alan says, Yeah, Leeds 10 men. Um, em- Emery Thing Villa says, It's no surprise some fringe players were shipped out the door very soon after that Stevenage defeat. I think that sums up what you, you said perfectly there, Martin, about the Stevenage. Um, mm-hmm. Duncan said, We could have won the League Cup by Olsen at Old Trafford. Um, Everything Villa again says Palace away was very clear. SG had to go. Um, Sarko's in the house says Fulham was the worst game without question. They stopped playing. John says our worst performance was against Fulham, but the end result was Emery. So it's weirdly my favourite outcome from a game. Uh, and then Duncan agrees with me, say he'd say the opening match was the worst of the season. Um, yeah, yeah. So you know, very various, very various nice. points there. Um, I guess just before we go on to like the, the prediction, the, the, how how well our predictions went and our awards for kind of players of the season. Um, any final thoughts on on this season, mate? Any kind of other key moments that we haven't picked up on, or anything else that you wanted to mention, or have we covered everything? I think we've covered enough, but I think there's one thing I want to mention, and I think this is my second favorite thing: an Aston Villa player winning a World Cup. Fan, yeah, brilliant point. Emmy Martinez winning a World Cup, and it wasn't like Argentina won it, and it was like Messi that stole the show. Everyone's talking about Emmy Martinez saving in the last minute, and Argentina to go and win on penalties. And Lionel Messi even said, "The goat of football now, everybody, mind you." And if you've not heard this, I don't know what rock you've been living under. Lionel Messi won the World Cup because of Emmy Martinez. He said that himself. I've won this World Cup because of Emmy Martinez. And he plays for Aston Villa. And that was just unbelievable. An Aston Villa player won the World Cup with his nation. And us as Villa fans were so proud of him. The club was proud of him when he went back. It took him a while to get back, admittedly. He was... <laughs> You know, he was on the beer, obviously, for a good while. Yeah, he was, yeah. But uh, when he came back, gold medals, standing ovations everywhere, Villa Park, and it's my second favourite thing in the season. Unbelievable. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant point to raise, mate. Brilliant point to raise. So, we get into our uh, season predictions, uh, our start of the season predictions, and then we'll go into our kind of who we give who we now give our player of the season awards to right, that's it folks end of pod <laughs> this these predictions aren't gonna be looking good <laughs> and then any comments that you guys have got I've started a few for, for later on just for some conversation pieces guys please do hit that like button and hit that subscribe button if you haven't yet uh as I say we're we're on the road to sixteen hundred so that'd be mm. great if we could get that um very soon the growth has been yeah. amazing in this channel actually I looked at when I when I watched our season predictions, our Villa season predictions, we were we were we were aiming for 150 subscribers. So we we hadn't hit 150 at that point. That was just before the season started. And we're now and over think, 50, we're now over 1500. Yeah, and I think uh, that video as well only had 160 something views. Yeah. So like yeah. now that there's nearly a good chunk. Of that watching now, yeah, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Whoever watches <laughs> later, yeah, if you go back and watch it, 
if you don't want any spoilers. But if if you want to watch it now, viewers' discretion is advised. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think I could put it better myself. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 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 So the the five the five um, kind of awards that we had were Player of the Season, Young Player of the Season, Top Goal Scorer, Surprise Package, and Flop of the Season. Where are we starting? Okay. Where are we starting? I think let's start a top scorer. Okay. okay. So this was this hopefully. was a fairly standard one. So top top scorer. Um Kev went for Danny Ings. Mm. George went for Danny Ings. I went for Danny Ings. And you and Sam went for Ollie Watkins. So tick wait. tick there. Wait, hang on. Yeah. I remember I went for Ollie Watkins, but Sam, who slays Watkins every single day of the week, went for Ollie Watkins to be top goal scorer. He did, he did, he did. But I'll I'll, I'll caveat that in a second. There's a, there's a few oh. points there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it. <laughs> yeah. Um, what have we got? Actually, let me just go through a couple of moments as well. So John says, I think there's one thing, and that is the fact that our fringe players stepped up. Then Dunk had a couple of great games for us. Mm. Um, as Adam said, the most engaging and entertaining video channel out there. Let's keep it going. Absolutely, mate. Thank you so much for that. That's an amazing comment from you. Cheers, Adam. Um, I'll star the players of the season. Best things from Tom says, it was Mings and Watkins not going to the World Cup, spent time under Unai Emery. Sarko says Southampton at home was one of the worst games he's ever seen. It was at the point where I thought, is the travel worth it anymore? Two worst oh. sides in the PL. PL. And uh, yeah, uh, again, Markov starred that. We'll definitely, definitely mention uh, mention the Villa women's side 100%. So yeah, top scorer. I think that was a fairly standard one. Um, one, or, one or two other, other players slightly got a mention whether Bailey could have been in there or whatever. But again, we haven't, we didn't have a great deal of players to choose from. Um, young player of the season, uh, young player of the season. Uh, so oh, okay. this, this, this was a strange one because I think it's difficult because at, at, at kind of pre-season, you, a lot of the young players are getting used. So it's one of those where, you kind of your judgment is a little bit clouded because they're being used in preseason games. So yeah. I will I will give us a little bit of a little bit of um leeway, leeway here. Yeah. So me, Kev and George went for Tim Irigbonham. Oh good and and you and Sam went for Cameron Archer, the young players of the season. Why do I feel like me and Sam have had a bit of a union in all this? I think I think you might have done. I think you might have done. Hmm. Um, so yeah, so young player of the season obviously um, wasn't them, but I think I mentioned that. Let's not forget Jacob Ramsey, but he he will come into it in a second. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so surprise package comes next. Now this is again is quite slightly subjective, but I'll say <laughs> um, I'll say who have probably, I got? Probably Kev was probably the closest here. So Sam went for Luca Dean. All right. M- Martin went. For, Martin, you went for Leon Bailey. <laughs> oh Jesus! Uh, yeah, okay. George went for Leon Bailey. I went for Callum Chambers. That's a that. That's where you went with. Yeah, surprise package of the season, and Kev went what? for Tyrone Mings. Now I would probably say out of those, Tyrone Mings was probably the best. The best bet because. We obviously thought 
Carlos mm. would be the main man. It would be between, you know, Cummings was getting the, the captaincy taken off him. Um, and, uh, and yeah, it was probably Mings would have been that. Chambers was me because he was playing all through preseason. I thought, well, he'll get the shirt and we, he'll continue to play. But obviously that didn't transpire. Yeah. Pre-Emery, Kevin's show probably would have been well off. But yeah. <laughs> since Emery's come in, the show has been justified. Yeah. Yeah. Um I will ask you kind of who you think now, like from this. So we will come to that. Um, So player of the season. um, Kev went, Kev, George, Sam and myself went for Diego Carlos. And you went for Matty Cash. Oh, yeah. I remember that now, yeah. Yeah. So, (laughs) I mean... Carlos if, is if, one of those. Close, it was the a big there. signing. Yeah, I'd be the closest there because Carlos was away for ages, and Matty Cash was. Well, uh, yeah, had a few yeah, good games. Yeah, yeah but I don't, I don't think he was that close. I think probably Love. Carlos was probably closer not playing. Um, yeah, and then the flop of the season. Now this this me to last <laughs> on this one. Yeah. This is hilarious. So. <laughs> I went for Philip Coutinho. That that yeah. I think that redeemed myself. George went for John McGinn. Uh, Kev went for Ollie Watkins. You oh, went for goodness. Jacob Ramsey, and Sam went for oh. Douglas Louise. <laughs> now, considering all those four players are in with a shout of Player of the Season, I don't think we could have got any more wrong, to be honest. <laughs> and you know what? I forgot who I picked. I was probably thinking, I probably went with Luca Dino, or did I go with Bailey, or did I go with? And now I'm looking at this surprise package. I went with Leon Bailey. Surprisingly, he was shit. Oh, go figure. Uh, but Jacob Ramsey, I was, I've been absolutely blown away here because, yeah. And I'm gonna justify my thing now as to why I call him a flop. The reason I thought he was going to flop because we've seen players have the first year but they phase into the team and they've done well. And that second year is more or less their breakout season where they get a couple of goals and a couple of assists. And then you normally see a third year of a dip. This is what where, you said. Aunt. This is what you said. This, yeah, is, this is what pretty I said. Much word for word what you said. <laughs> yeah, because I remember it vividly now that I said it. That you know, you, you see them dip a bit and then they come back stronger. But he's ultimately gone on to be academy winner in the Premier League, Villa's Young Player of the Year. And now that I've, I've remembered this and I'm going, this, well, at least it's not worse than Rory Jennings Halland show. Yeah, 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 yeah. That yeah, forever yeah, is the yeah. worst howler out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so I've um, got loads of loads of comments coming in. Um, so I'll, I will go through e- each of them. <laughs> Michael says, oh, dear. <laughs> Adam says, never asking this pod for the lottery numbers with those predictions. No, don't. Don't. <laughs> um, and then Rachel, bit, bit, bit more lenient to us. I think Villa players and fans are very different from pre-season compared to now. So, yeah, we'll, mm. we'll take that. Um, but, yeah, I think before I go, go through the, the comments, um, 
you'll get your choice. So, so obviously, top scorer, we know who the top scorer is. Ollie Watkins is fantastic. 15 Premier League goals, 16 goals yeah. in all competitions. So, great, great um, run there. Um, who who gets your who gets your surprise package of the season then? Oh, just a good one. John McGinn. Yeah, not a bad shout. Not a bad shout at all because, yeah, I, I guess without putting words in your mouth, I guess it was like coming from having the captaincy, having the weight of that captaincy on his shoulders, not really finishing off the season too well the season before, not necessarily too well. To, to be playing where he, at the level he is now is just incredible, mm. isn't it? Yeah, I was torn between him and Ezri Konza. Yeah, I was going to mention Konza. I think Conza's yeah. been fairly solid, but I'm gonna go. I went with him again. I tipped it. Yeah, yeah. Under the radar, um, under the radar player who's done done really well. My surprise package would probably be Ashley Young. Yeah, when well, you did, think about actually, I, when he came on against Man City and done really well and kicked on, yeah. I just didn't expect him to play as many games as he as he has this season. Okay. You could say um, Dan Donker when he had a good, few good games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, look, there's a couple of people that come through. John says uh, Moreno was surprise package for him. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, coming in a little bit later on in the season. But, yeah, absolutely hit the ground running, which is phenomenal. Um, who who gets your young player of the season? I, I guess I don't really need to, to go more into detail with that one. Yeah, my flop gets her. He can have it. Yeah, yeah. And um, who who gets your who gets the flop of the season now? Then having had the full season, who gets the flop? Augustin. Augustin. Yeah, I mean, he. I don't know. What, I guess I don't know what we expected from him coming throughout the season uh, to be honest like coming in the side I think hmm. I think you'd probably say well I mean Duncan's gone for Coutinho uh, Adam agrees I, I wouldn't have gone with Coutinho because he's last season yeah yeah but I, I don't know I think that the height the hopes were high with him and he obviously yeah, started true. games under Gerard. he started to play well under Emery, but then obviously his injuries he's meant that he's not not played. I, I would go, I would go Coutinho. I'd maybe go like, well, it's difficult, isn't it? Because I'd say Robin Olsen, but he's he's not expected to play many games, is he? So it's a, no, it's he's a, a second choice keeper. Is not expected yeah. to play a lot of games. Yeah. So yeah, I think he probably would get a lot of mentions for flop because Emery obviously had, sorry, not Emery. Um, Martinez obviously had the World Cup and then an injury for a little bit. So like, it would seem. He would get flop. Yeah. Uh, Sarko says Coutinho has to be the flop. Huge expectation of fanfare, massive wages, and his body quite simply cannot handle the level of football required. Uh, I swear Alan's Kevin, you know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, they do better if you hit the subscribe button. Much better over a season. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. I, I totally agree with you, Alan. Um, Rub says Coutinho or Olsen. Um, surprise package Moreno Adam says Young is the surprise package Robert agrees with Kev that the surprise package is Mings Moreno Conta says Michael um, turned into a major part of the squad and turnaround did Ashley Young um, 
Yeah, Young as well as a surprise, I agree. Alan says, Conza is a good shout, Michael. Yeah. <clears throat> Sarko says, surprise package, Watkins. Who would have thought after one goal in his first 13, he would finish on 15 goals? Agreed. Good yeah, yeah, good shout. JJ, young player uh, from Alan and Rub. Uh, yeah, again, Adam says, Coutinho, he's offered nothing this year and for big money. Alan says, Cash has been the flop of the season. Um no, I wouldn't have put this, this, uh, Yeah, he always gives he always gives his odd. Whether he's good enough, I think Adam's made a point before about, about cash. Whether he's good enough is another point, but you have to remember he, he was coming back question. from Yeah. He was coming back from the World Cup, so he had to get time to use Emery's system and then he was injured. Yeah. Yeah. He probably wasn't great with Gerard, I'll agree. But I don't think he's got the proper chance under Emery to shine and, and he's been yeah, he has been injured. Quite he's been injured, so I I yeah. I couldn't put him down as a flop. Yeah, he had a good game against Liverpool as well. I thought he had um, he had two good games yeah. against Liverpool and Brighton. Yeah, Ash Young gets young player of the season. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, some might say Duran, but harsh at this stage. Yeah, I think I think it's a little bit harsh. Olsen was worse than Augustinson says. Rub Sarko, it cannot be Augustinson. His expectation below as well as his financial package and role being a second choice. Yeah, that's what. It's kind of what I said, but look, it's it's, it's about our opinions. Uh, Coutinho was brought in as the star player, done now and scored one goal. Adam says maybe even say cash for the flop. We look better without him, maybe. I mean, mm. Ashley Young did come in and play well. Flop of the season, Gerard just couldn't find that bit of magic. Said Emery thing, Villa, hmm. um, and yeah, Duncan thinks cash not not quite good enough as a passer, not an Emery type player, and it does look like we're going to upgrade that right back area. Um, so, player of the season, mate, and obviously Douglas Louise won the supporters player and the players player. We asked our members for their um, dis- their choices of um, who they thought their, their player of the season was. Um, and the results from that, that were um, Watkins didn't get any votes. Ashley Young got 9%. Uh, no other, other players didn't get any votes either. Um, L- Tyron Mings in second place with 36% of the vote and Douglas Louise with 55% of the vote. Where are you going to go for in terms of your player of the season? Douglas Louise, I think he's been our best player this year. Even when he was with Gerard, he looked like the only one that wanted to play, that wanted to do a bit of football. And then I felt probably it would have been Kamara had he not been injured for so long. Mm. But I'm not taking that away from Douglas Louise that he has been fantastic. He's been unbelievable. Basically our best sentiment fielder on the pitch. And some people probably would have said, Oh, Kamara's making him look good when Kamara's got injured. Now all of a sudden, maybe Louise makes Kamara look good. Yeah, yeah, I don't think it, I could disagree. I think I would have just probably just gone for Tyra Mings, just purely the story of him getting the captaincy taken off him, which it ironically actually made him, but you could, you could say made him better. Like took the pressure off him, made him concentrate on his own game. He played well um, against, he played well when, despite being in a poor side under Gerard, and then he's improved beyond, beyond his own probably imagination under Emery, like his passing's much better, the way he's defending's mm. much better. He's a real obviously his leadership wasn't taken like wasn't ever questioned, but but that, that kind of leadership ability in terms of you know that Liverpool away game, he's just winning everything. So 
Yeah. Yeah. Louise has been brilliant. And and again, like the story, obviously disappointing last season and in and out of games, whereas this season, like consistently performing, performing and performing. So yeah. Um, I would have just, just plumped for Mings, but special mention, special, special mention to, to Louise. Uh, and you've, you've obviously gone for Louise, which is great. I think, Emmy Martinez has done really well. Um, McGinn has, has got better as the season's gone on. Same for Ramsey. There's a, there's a, you know, Watkins, obviously, with the number of goals he scored, deserves a shout as well. Um, if you look at some of the metrics of his kind of, like, bringing players into the game, his, his assists as well, his goal contributions. So, look, there's been some really good performances this season. It's just, I think, the key thing that we need, and I don't know if you agree with me, Martin, is... We need players to supplement that. We need players to complement that. So we're not relying, you know, like we've mentioned these players like consistently, like Martinez, Mings, Louise, McGinn, Watkins. And they're the they're the consistent players like throughout the whole thing. You know, Kamara, like you say, would have been there, but he gets injured quite a bit. Buendia's so much in and out. Bailey's so in and out. You know, Ramsey can be in and out. We need these consist. We need more consistency or more players to kind of complement those inconsistent players to be kind of rotated. Yeah, hundred percent. And you know, and hopefully this summer Emery brings in some players. Obviously, some mad names are being thrown out there. Like obviously, but we'll mention that for a different part. I don't want to be getting everyone's hopes up. But you're right. We need more players now to have not just top league quality experience but European football now experience as well because we're going to have that European football so we're going to need if you told me we're going to finish 7th I'd ask for about maybe 6-7 to enable the squad depth to cope with the league and the European Cup now had we got 8 I would have said maybe 3 and 4 to get to the European places but I would now say we probably need about 6-7 players to be able to cope with league and uh europa conference league mm-hmm. yeah yeah um duncan's asking for denzel dumfries at right back uh but uh, i don't uh, see Sarka, that happen Sarka saying he's playing the champions league final next week but you look stranger things have happened uh we'll recruit sure. someone with smarter with a smaller fee like moreno um, we've seen i've been seeing that links to free transfers yeah well look We'll see what happens. Dream villains in the house. Evening. How are you? Yeah, we're good, mate. Very, very well. Thank you for joining Royal us. Dreaming of Europe. Not that like button as well, Dream. Uh, um, Emery's thing. Villa says, got to be Emmy Martinez. Pulled off another massive save again Sunday, which seems to be just expected now. Yeah, he's been great. Um, he's the first top player and excited. I agree. I think this is, uh, this is Dumfries, uh, but I don't see it. I think our budget will go towards forward players. Um, Adam says if Watkins wasn't so poor for the first half of the season, I'd say player, of, say him for player of the season. Yeah, mm. Sarka said Louise Mings McGinn for me because of consistency throughout the season. I can't disagree there, mate. And Adam says if we had more consistent players up top and wide, we'd be dangerous. Defense and midfield is solid. Yeah, just that it's that it's e- it's either more options to to kind of complement that inconsistency or making those, or buying players that are more consistent or making those other play making those players more consistent but I don't I don't think that will happen. Um what uh, so Adam did mention a comment and I just wanted to come uh, come to you with this. The one thing he didn't like about the season is we've seen no youth played. Now 
is that would yeah. you agree with that? And and would you see that kind of being remedied for next season, particularly with Europa Conference League football uh, coming into it? Under Gerard, I would have expected it because at Rangers he nearly had one of the oldest teams, twenty eight, twenty nine. I would have expected it. Under Emery, I maybe would have thought he would have given some of the younger players a chance, seeing as Villarreal's team was very young. But ultimately, he went with the experienced players because we were probably in the middle of a season, so he hasn't really got the chance to look at them. So he sent the players out on loan to get the game time, to build that confidence. But it, in a way, Adam is right. I, I am slightly annoyed we haven't seen like a time when Jack Grealish first came or when Jacob Ramsey first came. So we've not seen that. We, we've we only, like technically Jacob Ramsey's still the only youth player at the minute and he's considered an ex- senior experienced player now because of mm. how many years he's playing with us. So yeah, I yeah it would have been nice yeah. seeing Tim or Archer or Ramsey's younger brother Aaron getting a mm. show. I mean, the argument is is that they go out and get first-team football in the championship and they get that valuable experience and come back better. It's oh. just, you know, and even the youth players that were put on the bench, you know, they were just put on the bench to kind of fill, fill, a, fill a space. They weren't going to be brought on. Um, so I do agree. And like, but I do think it might have been partly to do with the league position. You know, had yeah. we... Had we been like mid-table, then you might have seen one or two of the younger ones given a run-out um, or more rotation. And Duran maybe would have had more games. But because every game mattered so much, I think he just wanted to keep that same same side, which was which was understandable. Um, what else have we got? Uh, Michael said, we, we have to mention the women, which absolutely now they've created a, they're a, a top five side. And he's gone for Rachel Daly as the player of the season for them would you argue with that or would you or you would you totally agree with with Rachel Daly being player of the season yeah 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 I don't think I could point to anybody I could probably give some honorable mentions to Hannah Hampton Kenza Daly uh yeah I would I would have said Kenza Daly that first half of the season I think she was brilliant I think she might have dropped off towards the end yeah What's the left back's name? Is it, was a really it, good it, signer. What's the left back's name again? Is it Macho? P- Pacheco. Pacheco. She was yeah, very she, good. She's light tall. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who else? Sarah Mailing is actually very solid. Right back. Uh, yeah, she's like a bit of like yeah, a unsung really hero good, yeah. sort of type. Han- Hansen. Hansen was really good. Hansen's very good. Yeah. yeah. You know, so there's a lot of good players, and uh, hopefully they can keep a hold of them and build on it. Yeah. But yeah, top goal scorer in the league. I don't think you can. I don't think you can ask for much. But no. look, great that um, Carla Ward signed a new extension to a contract, which is fantastic. Obviously, made some decisions to move some players on, um, which is which is um, which is understandable. But hopefully, they bring some bring some good players in. Um, Alan's asked a question that's caused a bit of a uh, bit of chat: is how everyone in the team has improved, but Cash has not. Now, I'll get your thoughts in a second. Just want to come to the. Comments, Cash has been injured most of the season, says Sarko. We have to give him a chance. Rachel's saying that personally, I think Cash has improved since Emery has taken over, just not as much as others. He's had lots of time out due to injury, and I think that has stunted his development. Now, I'm inclined to agree with that. I do think he has improved. I think that there's parts of his game that probably 
he's been asked to kind of rein in a little bit. I think he would like to get forward a little bit more, but obviously that right-hand side, at the moment we play a right winger and he doesn't necessarily like um, the fullback to go around him because obviously Moreno or Dini are so attacking on the left-hand side. So, but, so I think he's adapting a little bit, but I do think positionally he does get caught out. Yeah, but I think that's going to take time from obviously he's been unlucky with injuries. He had a very good World Cup, so I don't think he has not like improved. Like I would agree he has improved. I think positionally under Emery in the last two games, he's actually been very good. I don't think I've seen him get caught out too many times, but a lot less than what he's been prone to. A bit like Mings at the start, getting caught out less than what he's prone to, to now... He isn't really, so I think Cash will get to that. And I think with a preseason under his belt, we might see a new Mighty Cash. Mm. Just to let you know, it's 1 1 now between Sevilla and Roma. Uh, I want Roma to win because that means then Aston Villa will be yeah. seeded in the conference. Yeah, league. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just avoid um, Juventus. Yeah. Um, I think. Uh, yeah, I think that's probably. That probably covers. I think we're going to do like. We're gonna do. Um, we're gonna do kind of transfers and what we do with with the season. Aaron says Aaron's in the house. Yes, yes. <laughs> Europa Conference is our next cup. I had to get that comment yeah. in. There's um, there's one wizardry Unai Emery has done. It's made that Aaron fella happy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I think we'll come to like transfers and and what we expect, and we'll do a keep sell loan uh, episode possibly early next week we'll do that we're going to do a QA, and a 1500 subs special q a hopefully we'll get most of us on where you can ask us any questions about whatever villa history us the pod like transfers anything anything that you want we'll do that on the weekend so do do um get involved in that show um but all just before we do finish um john said it's a sad day we say goodbye to ashley young what a great season he had an absolute legend um, and then Captain Sai says, like all the podcasters, I thought we'd keep Young on next season, but Emery knows best. So, yeah, just just a sort of couple of words on on Ashley Young for for just to finish up, which is, um, yeah, which is, I mean, for me, he's had a f- phenomenal time coming back for the for two seasons. Didn't expect him to play this many games. A vital part of the dressing room, experienced player, you know performed I think there was that run of games where we had we played against Ash uh Harvey Barnes uh I can't remember who, like just ridiculous sent uh, ridiculous wingers Maino Salomon for um for Fulham um just ridiculous wingers and he just he, he pocketed them and he had a great performance against Man City um just a just a great servant and, and probably one that will go down as a bit of a legend at Villa now yeah this is Talk about typical Gerard to Emery moment. We're after getting <laughs> like in reverse. Like we had Gerard, we were sad. We got Emery, we're all happy. We're in Europe. Now let's flip the script. We're after getting rid of Ashley Young. Like I'm really sad over it because I love the man. Like his leadership, his experience. I think it's good for the dressing room, and I would have loved it had next season would have been his last season to like you know be in European football as well probably would have been a lot limited game time but you know just to have in the dressing room for leadership for the young players and I think 
that would have been fantastic. And I'm really sad of, but at the same time, I kind of see why we got rid of him because it's been very vocal that Emery wants a right back. And it's unfortunately easier to get rid of Young because his contract's expiring. Matty Cash is still contracted. And at the same time, if we want to move forward, we have to unfortunately let some players go. And unfortunately, Ashley Young is, or she's been the first one out the door, and it's nothing that none of us wanted to see. But yeah. we yeah. just have to trust you know Emery's words and his vision for Aston Villa. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Uh, Rub says it's a puzzling decision in the way it was communicated. Yeah, a little bit, little bit. Um, Weston said he had a good game against Leeds, that winger, which is Nanto, as, as uh, Rob says there. Rachel said, sad to see. I'm so sad Young isn't here next year, especially as he wanted to stay, but he may not be part of the plan or be able to be. Um, and sad to lose Young, but also the way it went, he deserved a better end. Yeah, I mean, we don't know how it happened. And, and also, and Adam says we should, should have kept him for next season, in his opinion. Who knows? Like, who knows? Like, he could, he could come back as a... I don't know. Hopefully, he come, might come back in some coaching capacity in 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 the future. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, brilliant, brilliant player. Um, obviously, in his earlier spell, and just just a great, great person in the dressing room by by all accounts. Um, so yeah, I wish Ashley Young all the best and been a great, great servant to the club. Um, and yeah, I think uh, big wages, as Sarko said there. So yeah, got to trust Emery. Um, Absolutely, absolutely trust Emery. And we said on the last pod, if he won, whatever he wants to do, we'll be in full support of it because he absolutely deserves it. Absolutely deserves right. it. Uh, Michael says he just wanted to say thank you for this podcast and all the work you do to produce it. Absolutely, mate. Thank, thank you, you so much for that. You guys make the show, as I keep saying. Um, you know, the comments will only be bigger in. next year when we have the yeah. European podcast is now. Exactly. I'm just going to annoy the wife even more by doing even more of these shows. So yeah, you have to put up with us even more. But Martin... I wonder if that's a compliment to the wife. Yeah, probably. Probably. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Adamski. Hi, mate. You you joined when we're just finishing, man. You joined when we're just finishing. Adamski. But catch up, catch up, catch up. But Martin, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, tonight just to review the season. Thank you very much for... Uh, for your wonderful comments. Um, thank you for everyone for joining in the chat. It's been really good to reflect on the season and uh, hopefully bigger and better things to come next season as we are. We keep saying we are in Europe. We'll be back on, on the weekend for Q&A. Special Q&A, so tune in for that. Um, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. And as always, please remember, we all follow the villa. Thanks, everyone.